President Biden appointed Andy Luger and was sworn in on March 30th as the 37th United States Attorney for the District of Minnesota. This is his second tour, and two months after that, he announced a new initiative, a crime, a violent crime strategy, along with federal, state, and local law enforcement partners to try to stem the violent crime in the Twin Cities. Good morning, U.S. Attorney Andy Luger. Glad you're with us. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. Uh, before we really get into this, why did you decide to accept the nomination and, and come back a second time around? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it's it, it, you know my wife asked the same question. Uh, it's 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 really to use whatever abilities I have to try to address this serious problem of violent crime. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work, a lot of collaboration, kind of all hands on deck. And so sitting on the sidelines didn't didn't appeal to me. I see. So what are the details? sir of the strategy and why should it work when other strategies have failed yeah i think the problem we're facing right now having listened to community leaders violence interrupters law enforcement and even defendants themselves who we talk to on a regular basis the problem we're facing right now is the appearance in 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 the minds of a number of our youth, and not just the youth, but others, is a lack of swift consequences for violent action. That's number one. And number two is not just the numbers that we're seeing, you know, a spike in violent crime, but also the nature of it. It, it is more violent, more militaristic, more dangerous than anything we've seen before. So what we're employing is a threefold strategy. One, to address carjackings, gun crimes, particularly those involving switches, which are devices that turn pistols into automatic weapons, mm -hmm. and gangs. It quickly, swiftly, with sure justice, with real consequences, and publicizing that. That's the second part of the strategy. And that's, you know, one thing I'm talking about everywhere is make sure that those who are out there in the community thinking about doing this understand what federal consequences mean and hopefully act as a deterrent. Second, we are listening to and trying to broadcast the voices of the victims, people who have lived through carjackings and shootings, family members of victims, so that, so that our community really hears those voices and understands what it means. And then third, working very closely with violence interrupters and interveners, supporting their work, amplifying their work, and showing up at meetings with gang members, as I'm doing next week, to talk to them about finding another path, because this path is not a good one. We're talking with U.S. Attorney Andy Luger. We're talking about his federal violent crime strategy. Just earlier this week, the 4th Precinct in Minneapolis was shot at. Homes around the area have bullet holes this morning. Last night, automatic weapons were being fired in downtown Minneapolis. What does this expanded capacity mean to stop this type of crime, sir? So the other, the other thing about today's problem is, as we all know, we have fewer resources at the local level than we used to. We have fewer cops on the, on the beat, 
fewer analysts investigating crimes. And so bringing in federal resources helps. Our local partners are you know, happy to join with us and to work with us. So the FBI, the ATF, the DEA, Homeland Security, and others working with the BCA and local law enforcement really is like a surge of resources, not so much on the ground, but in the investigative and analytical background to figure out who's doing this and to help us make cases. So will there be plotting? So, for example, will you be able to anticipate where these crimes may take place before they actually happen just based on the metrics that you get? A, a little bit. I don't want to overstate the ability to do that. That is one of the goals. And a lot of that, by the way, comes from family members who contact law enforcement or the violence interrupters who are on the streets doing heroic work to let us know that they're seeing something brewing. It can be online, it can be in the home, it can be on the streets. That's really helpful, and we sort of pair that up with our own research and analytics. But, you know, this isn't the movie Minority Report where we can predict crime ahead of time uh, with precision. Um, um, you know, we can all discuss whether we want to live in that world or not, but the world we live in is one where we've got to be constantly vigilant, planning, and talking to each other. I'm understanding, sir, we're talking with uh, U.S. Attorney Andy Luger. I'm understanding that uh, you've already are getting some results. I understand that you're, uh, quote, hot on the trails of many individuals who've done violence and those who arm them who deal in illegal firearms. Tell us about some of the successes you've had so far. So a number of groups that have engaged in um, violent carjackings, and, and I always tell people we can't separate carjackings from other types of crimes. It's often gang members that are involved. It's often people who, who are also selling fentanyl who are involved. These folks have figured out a little business for themselves to brutally uh, assault drivers of cars, take their cars, take their money, take their phone apps to co to get money transferred to them, and sometimes take their a ATM cards and passwords and get money uh, that way as well. We have been successfully working through a number of these entities that have, that have been taking this action. Uh, we indicted a group recently who, who preyed upon Uber and Lyft drivers, uh, mostly immigrants who are you know, kind of defenseless in their cars when they get pulled over and stopped and beaten and robbed for their cars. We've, we've begun to work our way through those organizations. Same thing with gang activity and the same thing with people who are selling fentanyl, which isn't a, of itself deadly, but they're also carrying powerful weapons to protect their trade. Since the mid-80s, you've been involved in trying to keep people safe. Is this the most violent uh, time that you've ever seen? And does the increased violence uh, have anything to do with the automatic weapons that we're seeing on the streets today? Um, yes to both questions. So I moved from New York to Minnesota in 1992. I've been here 30 years. I've never seen it like this. Um, if you had told me in 1992 when I moved here that we would have this conversation today in this beautiful city and in this beautiful state, I would I would not believe you. So yes, it is worse now, uh, and part of the reason 
is the the easy access that people have to these very violent weapons and the accessories that come with them. And we're not the only, you know, we're not the only ones facing this, but the people in Minneapolis, you know, are not necessarily asking me how are the folks in St. Louis doing? We want to make we want to solve problems here, and so we're really it's like I said earlier it's an all hands on deck effort. We need everybody involved to stop this, turn it around, and get um, our folks on a more productive life lifestyle. Last question for you this morning: What would be your message to the people? We I'll say it this way: This station happens to reach better than 89% of all African Americans in this 11-county metro. What would be your message, if you have one, to would-be offenders or those who are actually involved in it? And how can we report uh, these kinds of activities, those who find themselves victims or close to the violence that takes place in our communities? So we're going to start a series of PSAs and other announcements that we'll put out on social media and elsewhere. The message to those who are thinking about their futures, what their lives should look like, or or who are trapped in a life of violence right now is get out. There is an opportunity to turn this around. There are services available. There are mentors available. Uh, There's a path for you that doesn't involve federal prison. We want you on that path. As far as everybody else is concerned, anybody who's listening to this can play a role. We all can play a role in just talking about and amplifying what is happening in our communities more broadly. It's not just Minneapolis, it's throughout the state, it's throughout the country. We all need to make this a a high priority to turn this around and get back to a more peaceful and caring community that takes care of each other. Mr. Attorney, we only have 30 seconds left. I'd like to give it to you for a final thought. First of all, thank you for having me on, and I'd love to come back, and I'd love to hear the feedback from people who are listening. We all play a role in this. There's no one magic bullet solution to solving this problem. It's everything from uh, intervention by people who know how to who, how to work with those in gangs, as well as families and community leaders all banding together on this. It's a time for unity, not division. I hope we can get there. From the United States Department of Justice, he is the United States Attorney for the District of Minnesota, Andy Luger. Sir, thank you so much for being with us and sharing important points that I'm sure our listeners are uh, sad to hear, but also grateful to hear at the same time. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. It's 21 minutes past 8 o'clock.